Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Business 1440 KYCR, Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. Streaming worldwide at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Former Oklahoma Senator Tom Coburn has passed away at the age of 72. In a statement printed in the Oklahoma newspaper, the family says that he died with the hope of knowing that he would be resurrected, talking about his Christian faith. During his years in the Senate, he was known as a staunch pro-life advocate who also resisted the expansion of the federal government. The newly signed coronavirus relief package will soon be pumping more than $2 trillion into the economy. With much of the country closed for business and jobless claims hitting an all-time high, a huge infusion of money is on the way. The $2.2 trillion legislation will send payments of $1,200 to most Americans, increase jobless benefits for millions of people, plus provide financial help to businesses, state and local governments, and the nation's health care system. The bill was the third measure approved by Congress in re- and that is great have you racked up more than ten thousand dollars in credit card debt are you barely getting by making minimum payments you should know the credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe there are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-797-5868. 800-797-5868. That's 800-797-5868. Here is your class valedictorian. You want your child to succeed at every level in life. To succeed, they need a solid foundation. Your child's education is an opportunity to instill a lifetime's worth of Christ-inspired principles to create that foundation. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, we help your child get into a private Christian school for 50% off their first year. For more information, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. How do you define strength? Is it physical? Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. The predatory nature now of global capitalism, it's just completely unrestricted. There's no constraints. These are wild times. 
It's the King Banyan Show. We want to create jobs. The quickest way to do it is to provide more food stamps. Government is that fiction whereby everybody believes that he can live at the expense of everybody else. As an educator and former legislator. And that is the free lunch myth. Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Hip, hip, hooray. Unemployment is down. We're in an age where where common sense sounds esoteric. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Unfortunately, economists' words carry relatively little weight in politics. Now, here's King Banyan. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. Thank you for being with us. As we uh, fought through a little uh, technical difficulty there during the first hour, we're we're coming to you by the old-fashioned, well, not an old-fashioned phone. This is a this is one of the newfangled iPhone things that we're doing this with, but it'll work out just fine. Um, anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven finds my good friend Professor John Spry, professor uh, economist at the University of Saint Thomas. Uh, John, how do we find you today? I'm doing pretty well. I'm thinking a lot about externalities and uncertainty in forecasts. Yeah, exactly. I, I and we were having a chat, uh, you and I, and uh, uh, and and uh, another uh, another economist, uh, John Phelan, who we've had on the show a couple times uh, from uh, the Center of American Experiment, uh, and we were um, we were talking about uh, model uncertainty. So. I would, I tried to kind of set this up by talking about doing a, thinking about cost benefit, but um, there's uncertainty about the cost or uncertainty about the benefits, and um, that that certainly I think is where uh, you'd want to pick this up. Uh, yes, so we're in a classic case where we have the well-known by now negative externalities of if you go and socialize with a lot of people. Um, that's going to uh, spread the virus. Plus, as people get sick, um, they're going to take up precious uh, ICU beds or uh, ventilators. So um, if I go and hang out with a 1,000 people, it's not just harming my health, it's harming really everybody's health. And so it's a great textbook example of ex- externalities, but then in, in uncertainty, and this is where I think some economists may have something to contribute, we know a lot about random sampling and statistical methods, and what has happened is uh, we have not done something like um, you do, King, where you do surveys of your business community. Mm-hmm. And that gives you an idea of what business leaders are thinking of doing. Everybody's familiar with uh, political polling, where we um, do a random sample. Um, one of the things I think will be very important is to do a random sample of people and test for the antibody that is created uh, if you're infected with the COVID-19 and fight it off by using your body's own immune system because um, that number would be a big input into the public health epidemiology kind of models 
from the University of Washington and Seattle or the University of Minnesota. And right now, I wanted to point out to your listeners how much uncertainty there is because we don't have good population uh, level studies of how many people have been infected. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead with that. I mean, it's, 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 this is an interesting point that you're making uh, that that we know how many people are sick. We know how many people die, obviously. But we and we get a number that says how many people have recovered. But there is a question about how many people may have been sick, recovered, may have been infected, and recovered that never presented themselves before uh, a, a medical community to be tested. Or presented themselves to the medical community and were unable to be tested like me. So I had dry cough fever that went up to 102.9, but I went to a doctor March 3rd, and at that time, um, it was almost impossible to get a COVID-19 test. So mm-hmm. we could test to rule out flu and strep throat, but whether it was COVID-19 or something that seemed similar to it, you, it's it's a horrible thing to have a dry, hacking cough that's so severe that your diaphragm hurts. Yes, it is. Um, yes, it is. Now, did you get did you get tested for influenza? I got tested for influenza and strep because those tests were available. Um, okay, and, March and, 3rd, and you were negative for both those tests. And I was negative for both those tests, and um, uh, I went into the doctor March 3rd, and what they could give me was, right, drink lots of fluids, self-isolate at home, and again, thinking about negative externalities, one of the things I'm personally happy I did is I just stayed away from people, um, and their rule was seven days plus. 72 hours after the fever goes away and I no longer have the symptoms. Mm -hmm. And and that's because if I did have it, which I I don't know for sure, I don't, I don't want to spread it. And so um, how the, um, how the, the virus spreads is something where we can, I think, think about the Lucas critique which is it's not that there's a predetermined path of this virus was already going, always going to spread and these numbers coming forward in the next few weeks, which are going to probably be very grim, were always going to happen. But what happens this week is determined a lot, not just by what we've done this last week, but what we did maybe two weeks ago, 10 days ago. Um, in terms of were we interacting with a lot of people? How uh, how good was our health system to take people like I used to be, who may or may not have had uh, the COVID-19, and just remove them from the general population? Because that, in the, right. the epidemiology models, is one of the best effective things. And so there's testing to try to do what's been called test and track, which is find out who has it, track back, and then test their contacts and try to take the people that have it, maybe that don't have many symptoms or don't even know it, uh, and have them isolate themselves so it it doesn't spread. Um, But uh, I just wanted to point out to your listeners, 
um, that the model that the University of Minnesota and the Minnesota Department of Health is using, um, and I'm not trying to be alarmist, but I think you may have heard this number too, that with the measures we're taking, they're forecasting around 50,000 COVID-19 deaths in Minnesota. Is that the number yeah. you've heard too? That is the okay. number I've heard. But, but, but again, I mean, go, go, let's, let's go back and set, because I had not even thought of using the Lucas critique as a, as a way to get at this question, but it, it, it's, it's part of your genius uh, there, uh, John, to, to have done this. Let's explain what the Lucas critique is, we, okay, uh, because because I think this is part of the conversation that you heard uh, Dr. Burks give in one of the press conferences and watching this week. It helps explain Dr. Neil Ferguson from Imperial College of London and his um, his revision of numbers and what they've done. I think they all, when you said that, it's like, Gosh, that's a great way to sort what I'm what I'm trying to, what I'm thinking about here. So, explain the Lucas critique to them, since you're the one that brought it up. You get to do it. <laughs> so, okay, so um, uh, University of uh, 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 Chicago professor and 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 one time uh, visitor to the Minneapolis Federal Reserve Bank, Nobel Prize winner Robert Lucas pointed out back in the 1970s that um, as as people as government takes action like at that time he was looking at the government printing more money increasing the money supply uh people uh households and businesses are going to change their behavior they're going to react and so you can't just say something like i did a population uh survey and it said that the average person um, ex, uh, expects inflation to be 2% in 1965. And that means people will always expect 2% inflation. As they get new information, that say a government policy changed or there's a public announcement, they may change their expectations and their behaviors. And so in a similar way, you can't do a survey that may have been a perfectly fine survey um last march and it says the average minnesotan in march 2019 interacted personally within feet or physical contact hugged or shook hands with 75 people in march 2019 whatever that number is I don't know what it would be, and therefore that's the number of people uh, that will uh, everybody will see in March 2020. Well, that number could change if new information arrives, and that's that's the heart of the Lucas critique. And with the uh, Professor Ferguson from uh, the Imperial College in London, he had a model that got a lot of attention that said, yeah, there could be over I think two million deaths in the U.S. Right. Really, a big number, but that was assuming people behave exactly like they did last year. And I think the news this week that took a while for people to understand what he was saying is for the United Kingdom, in his model, once he's taken account and has looked at some data for the social distancing and the other public health measures. In the UK, 
the number of people in his forecast, which has a lot of uncertainty, that will die is a lot smaller because the average person in the United Kingdom is um, interacting with a lot fewer people than normal. Right. So just to just to give one more piece of that, then we're going to take a break. Can you stay on the line for another segment, Jim? Yes. Okay, great. Because uh, I want I want I want to get back. I want to get to one more thing, but just to add one piece to this. I looked at data from OpenTable, which is an, it's an app uh, people can use to look at, uh, to reserve tables at restaurants. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of full-service restaurants use them. Um, and I looked at the data just for the city of Minneapolis. Um, at the end of February, we probably had 15% more people reserving tables through OpenApp than before. That either was restaurants were more popular, or maybe more places were using the Open Table app. I, I, I can't tell you that, and I didn't spend any time thinking much about that. What I can tell you is that number went from a plus 15 to minus 40 in about 10 days. Um, and that all happened a week before the governor's order to close the restaurant. So it was all, it, by, by, March, by March 8th or March 9th, that number had already dropped well below that. So just informing people, hey, being outside and being in, being around other people is a problem, already has started to change people's behavior even before the order. And I think that is part of how we think about that Lucas critique. John, stay with us. We'll be right back. We're visiting with Professor John Spry from the University of St. Thomas. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. It's all in the air. You hear it everywhere. No matter what you do. Do you have insurance on your savings just like you have it on your home and your car? Online Trading Academy teaches you the skills to protect your nest egg. In our free investing class, you will learn strategies to use your money to make money, create income, and to protect what is yours. Attend a free investing class near you. Call now, 952-814-4410, or go to learnwithota.com. Again, that's learnwithota.com. Relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. I come from the doctor's clinic this morning, 28 staples out of my knee, and I am not taking painkillers. Why? Because I don't need to. I'm taking relief factor. Yes, it's a triple dose, but it doesn't have any negative side effects, and I am doing just fine. Thank you very much. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking relief factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. That's truly remarkable to be liberated from your pain for less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Go right now. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. This is your opportunity to be the next success story. My friends, Dennis Prager here, and they're at it again. The left is doing their best 
to silence ideas they don't like. On the college campus, in social media, and at your place of work, if you dare think for yourself and say what you believe, the left will try to shut you down. I've experienced this, and you, your children, and your grandchildren will or already have. My friends, it is time to fight back and defend our values, and that is why I made the film No Safe Spaces. Hollywood doesn't want you to see this film, which is why, believe it or not, this is really amazing, you won't see it on Netflix or Amazon Prime. But now you can watch No Safe Spaces for a limited time at nosafespaces.com. It's time to fight back against the attack on free speech and protect our American values. In any event, it's just a great film. See No Safe Spaces starring Adam Carolla and me at nosafespaces.com. If you could build the world's greatest radio station, where would you start? We'd begin by creating a live station that's able to provide breaking news updates. Then we'd install some of today's top political voices behind the mic. Finally, we'd craft a convenient way to listen with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not a work in progress. It's on the air now. AM 1280 The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Online at am1280thepatriot.com. We're visiting with John Spry here, King Daniels Show, Business 1440. I want to jump right back to that conversation. John has just given us what I think was a really great way to sort the data, sort the information by thinking about um, thinking about the Lucas critique um, and the fact that our behavior and the way we the way we behave has changed how it is that we are. Changing the, the very numbers that we have there. So, Lucas is one way to think about that. Another way to think about that, John, and I'm wondering if you could give me your impressions of this, is to think about the fact that that we we've got models that we use, and I talked about this beforehand. And these models rely on a set of parameters: what's the infection rate, what's the death rate, what's the what's the recovery rate. Um, there are other pieces to this than that, but if I just lived the models that we would use to do the kind of analysis you and I think of probably have those three deep parameters in them. And we have different degrees of uncertainty about all of them. And you've actually brought up one in talking about your own situation. You were sick. You thought you might have had COVID-19. But nobody could te- nobody tested you for that because no test was available. But even more to the point, even though you're better now, we could actually go ahead and test you by looking for the antibodies, because we know at least in one state, I think it's New York, they actually are are pulling uh, sera from um, from the uh, blood of recovered patients to see if it would help those who are still sick. So there must be some way to think about whether or not antibodies exist, right? Um, that that is correct, and that that is why um, a number of economists. Uh, I've seen on Twitter have been have been saying that when we get to the point where we're not testing for do you have a live case of COVID nineteen, but what they call the blood serum test, that's mm-hmm. going to be very important because that will let you both test people like me, who um, if I have the antibodies in the right numbers, I could donate plasma 
for uh, some of these studies, and there's actually medical research just being published today that indicates in very small samples that the serum treatment uh, may have some degree of effectiveness better than no serum treatment. But, but also, um, then you could do random samples. I think Germany may be one of the first places to do a blood serum random sample, and I would expect maybe in a week or two that may be national news, and we will be able to say, oh, for Germany or for this region of Germany, on this particular date, this is the percentage of people that have been exposed. And that piece of data then will allow all the epidemiologists and economists looking at their models to see, oh, that tells us a lot more about how the infection spreads and how uh, the testing for the live virus lines up to people that may or may not have had it without knowing it or without a positive right. test. Right. So what, what, what we're arguing for, at least in, in my mind, what I've been arguing for is to think about this, think about these various numbers, that these, these parameters that I've discussed, as being, they're basically a set of probabilities but these are probabilities that I think of in a very Bayesian sense, rather than in, a, in the what we would in, in traditional statistical theory we call the frequentist uh, sense, um, which is as we gather more information, we're updating our information. We're, as we gather more information, we're updating our probability estimates of of recovery rates, of infection rates, of of mortality rates, and and, and all that. I mean, mortalities are a little bit easier to count because you know what uh, they're dead. You can you can you can count up bodies, but even then, are you sure that someone that had COVID nineteen and dies died from COVID nineteen and would be alive two weeks from now had they not been infected? You don't actually. So, and, and different places count in different ways. Uh, some people are using you know when they count tests, they're counting the tests that are happening in private labs. Other states are not counting the ones that are in private labs. So there's a lot of uncertainty out there. Uh, Don on uh, Twitter asks if any of the coronavirus models ever include the error bars in their data in their data sets. Well, Don, in my in my world, in my Bayesian wearing my Bayesian hat, the way I think about that is is my parameter is not just a number, but it's actually a distribution around that number, and. And the size of my, and so it's not the, it's, it's not the, it's the parameter that has the error bar rather than the answer of how many deaths there are. I mean, you can translate one to the other, but it's very important, I think, for us to understand, and I think this is John's basic point, and I wanted to react to that, is, is that there's a, there's a very diffuse set of, we have very diffuse posterior odds that the recovery rate is such and such a percent. We just don't know, right? And, and so, John, and, why don't you react to that? And so since we, we don't know the recovery rate, we do have some evidence the, the recovery rate varies with how stressed or overcapacity the healthcare system is, particularly hospital beds, ICUs, and ventilators, that if you have a ventilator and an ICU for everybody that needs it, the recovery rate we know pretty much for sure is a lot better than if you're having to triage like Bergamo, Italy. 
Um, but we have a lot of uncertainty. So, and I'm not saying one is right or one is wrong, but this, this emphasizes your point. The University of Minnesota, Minnesota Department of Health modeling is that if we have um, the social distancing, the, the uh, uh, governor's basically um, shelter in place policies, we would end up at the end of this with around sort of approximately 50,000 deaths in Minnesota, while the University of Washington model, which has a lot of uncertainty, is more like uh, 1,300. So 1,300 deaths in Minnesota versus 50,000, that just shows not that anybody's doing anything wrong, but we have so much uncertainty, and some of that will be resolved as more data comes in. And this is what science is, whether it's economics or physics or epidemiology. It's you have a model, and you test it as more data comes in, maybe one of we probably one of those models will be will be off and they will revise their model as the data comes in that's a good scientific process and so one of the things i'm trying to avoid is the the uh, the politics of people saying oh one model was right one model was wrong this has something to do with politics it is really hard to forecast that's why the stock market has been so extremely volatile because the stock market and those investors kind of have no clue, and every little bit of news about the virus is really bad, but not quite as bad as yesterday, makes the market go up. And every little bit of news that, like, maybe this is a worse virus just in terms of how bad it is spreading, or maybe the recovery rate is lower, that makes the market drop. And so one of the things that I think is important as people that have studied statistics is to say there is tremendous uncertainty about how easily the virus spreads and how effective our healthcare system will be in the future. And the University of Washington model seems to have, in my view, uh, 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 built into it that the Minnesota healthcare system is going to work better than like Bergamo, Italy's healthcare system has been working. And I don't have a problem believing that. But you would agree, I think, uh, that buying time for more beds, more ventilators, for allow- basically allowing the, the time to build uh, the, the health system up to the level you think you need um, is probably worthwhile. It'd be better if we had we'd started this back in January, but we didn't. Uh, and, and so from where we are now, you, you would, I think you'd agree that the strategy we, we're, we're engaged in right now is probably an appropriate strategy to buy time. Uh, very much, very much so. I agree with that. And again, I, I, I've looked at the University of Washington study. Their forecast is the maximum hospital utilization, the most need for ventilators, ICU beds, is going to hit New York State April 6th. That's really soon. Minnesota in their model, and again, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, they're forecasting our maximum need for healthcare capacity, ventilators, ICU, hospital beds is April 24th. That is a big difference. I think that basic 
point of that model or the Minnesota Department of Health model is that if New York's peak, New, New York's peak, and for when it's the worst and when they need the most healthcare capacity, I do think will be about at least two weeks before Minnesota. And that's a good thing about being in Minnesota is uh, time is, you can't buy time. And New York is, as Minnesotans look the next week, uh, you'll do your show next week. Um, I'm willing to, to put a forecast out here is next week, people will look at New York and New York City and will say, wow, this is really hitting the U.S., and we're grateful that, mm-hmm. like, on a per-person basis, um, that uh, April uh, 5th, is that your next show? Your next Saturday show. Yeah. Yep. Uh, New York will look much worse than Minnesota on a per capita basis. And I feel fairly comfortable making that forecast from all of the epidemiological models that I've seen. Great. And well, so we John, should be we should be pleased to have that extra two weeks or whatever it turns out to be. That is huge. And I want to say thank you to our healthcare professionals here in the cities. They've already turned an entire hospital, Bethesda Hospital, that you may know yeah. having been close to the Capitol, into a COVID nineteen specific hospital that has spatial technology to suck the air out of the building to reduce the spread of COVID-19. And that's amazing. And that's exactly what, that, that's the, the benefit. I, you said, you said one, you said only one thing in the last half hour I disagree with. You said you can't buy time. In fact, that's what we're doing. We're buying time for more Bethesda to be constructed and put into place. I, you know, what we, what's happening there and adding those, I think, was it 30 or 35 units that they're put in for ICU units? Uh, um, I think it's about seventy. Know. Oh wow! Okay. And, and, so if you can, if, and I know you, you can't go to the store and buy time. What? Yeah, you know you can't go to the store and buy time. You have to do something like what you we're can't doing go to now. The we're store to buy time. But people in Minnesota are healthcare professionals. That's an incredible resource, and it did take time to plan. I can't go back in time. That's maybe what I meant to say because. I do think, okay. Um, okay. and I was trying to make the point, that, that Minnesota has had more time to prepare for the peak than some other parts of the world and the country. Right. All right. Well, John, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to take a break here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you go for this week. We might have you back next week uh, because you're actually running numbers and, and miles there. Are you, so are you still at home in quarantine, or what, what's going on for you? No, I've moved. I've moved from being quarantined as a possible COVID nineteen to joining the general population who's at home just to prevent the general spread and to not be a negative externality. Perfect. Thank you so much, John. Thank you for doing that too. Thank you. And I, I hope I hope we're all doing that. We'll be we'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Bang Forty.
limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. This is Nick Anderson, General Manager of Salem Media Group Twin Cities. During times of crisis, this radio station will continue to be a reliable source of news and information. We take this very seriously and ask that you continue to stand behind not only our station by listening every day, but by continuing to do business with our local marketing partners. It's because of their support that we can be a beacon of strength when our culture needs it the most. Visit this station's website to learn more or call us at 651-405-8800. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services. So your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at WNAV-video.com. In an era of fake news and misleading headlines, turn to a leader in accurate reporting, townhall.com. Get caught up with today's top stories, find brilliant commentary from our columnists, and have a laugh with our political cartoons at townhall.com. Welcome back to the Daniel Show. This is 1440. Thank you for listening. Thank you again to Professor John Spry from the University of St. Thomas, um, who I had not realized had been had been sick even. So uh, that was um, that was actually a bit of a surprise. The rest of this was conversations that he and I have been having uh, through email and and Twitter for the last week or so. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. If you wish to call, you certainly can. Um, Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. We do need. I, let me. Um, I've got a lot of uh, recordings <laughs> of, of of things we've we've had there, and I don't know how many of these I'm going to get to. But I did want to play a couple discussing uh, 
discussing all of uh, what what has what has gone on here um, over the last um, over the last few uh, days with the passage of the CARES Act, and I'm not going to have time to go back and talk about uh, the Federal Reserve and its actions. I think the Federal Reserve has put a lot of money out there. You know what? I um, I actually I actually do want to play one piece. This is um, this is. I want you to grab uh, uh, Wyatt uh, from uh, from the thing titled "Accelerating Balance Sheet: The Second Cut on the Size of the Balance Sheet." This is Ira Jersey here on Bloomberg on, on Bloomberg uh, earlier this week, talking about what the Fed's actions have done, and to understand the scope of what's happened on the monetary policy side. I just want you to listen to this clip here. This is Ira Jersey, who's a reporter for Bloomberg. How big is it going to get by the end of all of this? So I'm actually looking at the spreadsheet right now that I've been working on. So I can't tell you the exact number, but I can say much, much larger. Like Um, double? uh, uh, At least, yeah. At least double. So in other words, you're expecting at least a $9 trillion Federal Reserve balance sheet by, say, this time next year? Uh, that would not surprise me. Yeah, that, that's kind of in line with what we're talking about. I think a big part of that is how, how, what is the take-up of some of these new facilities? So even if the Federal Reserve you know, kind of slows down its purchases of, of mortgages and treasuries, which I think eventually it will do, is the SBA facility, for example, which is really where the pain point is in this whole, uh, in this whole mess with the right. social distancing, um, is, uh, is that going to get to a trillion dollars or not? And that's going to be a big question. So I, so I, I put that out there because I know a lot of people's heads are going to explode over the fact that uh, after spending a year and a half trying to reduce their balance sheet down to a, they got to about three point seven or three point eight trillion, but the balance sheet this time by by the end of twenty twenty could be as high as nine trillion dollars. The reason for that is the demand for liquidity is so strong. I I always point out, you know. When people say, well, adding more money to the system will cause inflation, I say, yes, as long as the demand, the demand for real monetary balances stays the same, you're right. But the demand for real money has gone up dramatically. Other people want to hold safe securities, and those safe securities are largely dollar-denominated. Interestingly, one thing that has probably not gotten a whole lot of attention is the Saudis have done all this pumping of oil. I don't know if Wyatt fought on the way in to check the price of uh, the price of a gallon of gas down by by him, but the price of a gallon of gas by me has fallen by about thirty five cents in the last ten days. And it's at one seventy nine here, King one seven nine. One seven nine. Now I heard I, I did not confirm this. This is so I'm, I may be spreading rumor. I got to be careful about this. But according to one person who corresponded with me, there was a there was gas for sale in Lakeville for 109 a gallon. Now I I haven't checked. Uh, so if someone wants to check GasBuddy.com uh, and check Minnesota prices and look, just look for the lowest price in the Twin Cities, it's almost always Lakeville because Lakeville is very close, of course, to a refinery. Um, so some some of that some of that uh, gas goes there, but. But that, that's what's happening. But two points about the Fed policy. One, they've now partnered with the Treasury 
so that they can buy other assets. Remember, the only way the Fed can expand its balance sheet is to take assets onto it. it there's only so many treasury bonds that are out there. They're, that, and they also have demand from all these other folks. And that's why um, talking to Don on, on Twitter, that's why you saw negative rates for short-term treasuries for a couple of days. There was simply so much demand out there that they actually broke below, below zero for a little bit. They came back up. And they'll continue to rise because, frank, frankly, adding $2 trillion of debt, $2 trillion of debt is going to give the Fed the ability to put onto its balance sheet uh, Treasury securities again. They're going to get added on. But they eventually you run out of assets to buy if you've decided that you need it because when people say they want liquidity, what they want is Federal Reserve liabilities. And the basic knowledge of a balance sheet is if you're going to have liabilities, you've got to have assets on the other side. And eventually you run out of bonds to buy if all you can buy is you know, high-quality US, U.S. securities. Eventually you run out of them. So you start looking for ways to buy other assets. And so they've gone to paper, they've gone, and, and now they've got a way to go to bonds. They're, they've created a, a, a vehicle, not, not very much unlike the maiden lane vehicle that they used to save Bear Stearns, or at least to transfer Bear Stearns over to, to, to Morgan. Um, they, um, they're, going to, they're, they're, they're going to do some of that, but I would disagree with Jersey on the fact that, that only on that on this fact that possibly they would they would buy um, they would, uh, and that they would uh, expand SBA loans to a billion dollars. That's not going to happen with all the that's not going to happen because uh, that's not going to be done through directly onto the Fed's balance sheet. That'll be done by an expansion beyond the four hundred and seventy billion dollars that was in the bill that uh, President Trump signed uh, yesterday. Speaking of pres- President Trump, I don't have any recordings of him. I do have a recording of, uh, of of Vice President Pence, which I thought was really valuable. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Wyatt to play that clip now. And be prepared to stop it in the middle, please, Wyatt. Well, the the only uh, my only answer anytime people ask me about timing is two things. Number one, President Trump made it clear that we we want to open up the country, uh, but we're going to do it responsibly. And uh, number two, we're going to do it based upon the data. You know, early on in this process, Stuart, it's becoming more widely known, there was a, a lot of projections and a lot of modeling about, uh, about you know, 40, 50, 60 percent of people being infected uh, around the country and around the world. I can tell you that our health experts, like Dr. Deborah Burks and others, were very skeptical of that modeling from early on, and they've said to us consistently, we're going to follow the data. And when the president sent that letter, uh, to every governor in America yesterday. Uh, he said, look, we're, we're going to be issuing new guidance in the days ahead, uh, and we're going to literally be uh, examining the data on a county-by-county county basis. Th- there's going to be areas Stop of the there. country. That's what's, that's what's interesting about this. Okay, they are, so they've talked about that uncertainty, and I, wa- I wanted that because I think that reinforces the point that Professor Spry and I have been trying to make. Model uncertainty is huge, okay? It is easy for me to sit here and count, because I can go into the Bureau of Labor Statistics and U.S. Census data, and I can count up the number of jobs. I can count up wages. I can, I can do all that. Those numbers are much easier to know than the benefits of this policy, okay? But 
understand that when people go out and talk about the benefits, they're working with data that, that has a whole lot of uncertainty about that. And the best thing I heard all week long was when, when the vice president says, Dr. Burks, and I take it as well, Dr. Fauci, have approached those early estimates, such as the ones that we discussed with, with Professor Spry, approach them with a great deal of skepticism. They should. Those will converge. Those will converge over the next few uh, weeks, and we'll have a much better handle on those. I pray, I pray that uh, it, things in New York don't turn out as bad as John did. I'm sure John feels the same way. I'm sure we all do. But if we find out that those numbers are where they are, then estimates, then estimates of what might happen to us by April 24th are going to be a little, are going to feel a little more certain. We have a little time to see what happens here, but we we need to see. And in the meantime, we need to we need to buy a little time, and we can, we can. Because now that everybody seems to be pulling in the same direction. Some final thoughts after this. We'll be back with the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. Hi, this is Dennis Prager. There are over 400 programs in the Prager Store. And now by becoming a PragerTopia Unlimited member, you can listen to every program in the store. Courses, lectures, show segments, even my Torah teachings. Almost everything I've ever recorded over the last 20 years, over a 1,000 hours of program. Of course, PragerTopia Unlimited members get every radio show since 2009 as well. All commercial-free on demand. Wow. No, this is a big deal. This is truly a big deal, if I'm allowed to say that about my own work. For a limited time, it's only $119 for an entire year to join PragerTopia Unlimited. Get to listen to every show in the Prager store, every lecture I've given, every course. And you'll get a coupon for 50% off the Rational Bible, Genesis, which is autographed. I put my life into these works. They're meant to change your life, open up your mind, and they make a spectacular gift. Go to PragerTopia.com and sign up. PragerTopia Unlimited. More and more these days, it feels like sports are losing out to hype. Who dissed who? Who signed the fattest contract? Who got busted for cheating? Lost 2 is the unique capacity sports have to inspire us, to unite us. Well, great news, sports fans. Sports are still being played for the right reasons. They're still as entertaining as they are character building. You just have to know where to find it. And you only have to look as far as your local Minnesota high school. You know, the place where the games are exciting, concessions are affordable, and the parking is free. Where the emphasis is on hustle and heart instead of hype. If you prefer real, honest-to-goodness sport played for all the right reasons, you'll find it at your hometown high school, High School Sports. Games are being played this weekend at a Minnesota high school near you. Okay, everybody. Who's in? This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are better alternatives. For example... 
Just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play Business Radio 1440. Throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite Business 1440 hosts and shows with Alexa and Amazon Smart Speakers. Looking for a small space for your startup or small business? Rentspace.com has quality facilities with good locations in the Twin Cities West Metro. Month-to-month or long-term lease is available. Rentspace.com. Small space for small business. Rentspace.com. During the lean years, the years before uh, I did stand-up, or finally broke through in stand-up, um, I held uh, a lot of weird jobs, like, um, and this is true, I'm not making this up. I was once um, worked for the Illinois State Unemployment Compensation Board. This is true. I worked behind the counter. And we got, this true, we got $60 a week, and the claimants at that time got 55 It's true. <laughs> And they only had to come in one day a week, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> it took me about a week to figure that out, because I'm not the swiftest guy in the world. So I uh, arranged to got fired and wound up, you know, coming in one day a week and losing $5. That's, of course, uh, Bob Newhart, um, uh, the great Bob Newhart from one of his earlier uh, bits. Uh, at that, that's, that's from about 50, 55 years ago. Uh, but um, uh, in, enjoyable, and, and it points out um, I, I, one point that I had wanted to make: the bill that was passed, the CARES Act that was passed. Of any criticism I heard, in fact, uh, a few senators actually threatened to blow the bill up because it turns out that they supplemented unemployment insurance by an additional six hundred dollars of six hundred dollars, uh, I think six hundred a week, which in some places was more than doubling the amount of money that that worker had made before they were laid off. The, um, the drafters of the bill said it would have been too hard to, to set it using a percentage or so forth. They couldn't get tables out for some reason because they wanted to get the money out fast as fine. I will say this. I'm fine, with, I'm fine that they've sent more money than needed. Typically, you pay unemployment insurance to help people do their search to find another good job. Those restaurant workers, those massage therapists, now retail store, you know, that, that sporting goods store uh, worker, that clothing goods store worker, we don't want them to go find another job. We want them to stay home. They had a good job. They still have a good job. They just need to wait until we can open that store up again. And if giving them a little more money will keep them from going out and trying to become a, an Uber Eats driver, and uh, if, it, if it helps with that, that actually might be better rather than worse because we need to reduce the spread. I actually don't have a problem with that. I had a bigger problem, in fact, with, with the SBA uh, loans, and uh, I don't think I'm going to have time to play the Mnuchin clip, but uh, I can't remember how long it is. Let me... Let me look here a second and see how long that is. Yeah, that's a little too long. So, but I'll just say, I don't mind SBA loans. I don't like the SBA process. Anything to get that money out faster is fine. I applaud Governor Walls for choosing to just use, you know, to go. you can go to your banks. They're, they're identifying people quickly in the community that can turn this money around fast. This is, 
Speed is of the essence here because those small businesses, and I hope they think about those one-person operations, those places that have no employees. I hope they think about them. I hope they think about the businesses that opened in the last six to nine months that might not be able to show you what they would have earned last year so that you can replace that income. I hope they work on that as well because that will be needed too. Um, That will be needed too. But there's a lot to be done and not a lot of time. The point, my point being this, none of these bills, you know, if you had time, all these bills stink. They, they spend way too much money in very inefficient ways. Yes, there's pork on them. But sometimes pork's what you need to actually get a bill passed. And at this particular moment, it's probably not the time to spend on thinking quite so much about pork. Maybe what you need to think about instead right now is, is how do we encourage people to simply wait until it's, it's better for them to come out, to have the time they, we need so that, so that the market can work. We need the market to work to, to bring more ICU units. We need more ventilators and so forth. I don't have a particular problem with telling GM they've got to build ventilators, um, but the market works just fine as well. Uh, it's why I still oppose price gouging laws. If I could point to one mistake that the governor made, it's that. Um, I, I actually think those are in, those inhibit rather than help the, help the market process. Okay, stop worrying about who's making money on what, and that applies both to the private sector uh, and to the public sector. So if it takes a, if it takes a little extra money for, for forest research to get a particular congressperson to sign on to the bill and not throw a hissy, um, I'm fine with that. Just, just get it done. Okay, that's what whatever it takes means. Whatever it takes is what we did today using a cell phone to, to run the show, but we'll find a, a way to maybe even make it a little better for you next week. We'll be back then. Wyatt, thanks so much for being with us uh, and, and being back here. We're glad you're safe and, and sound, and I'm glad you're safe and sound as well. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Have a good day. How do you define strength? Is it physical? Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right. Every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception.
Want your computer fixed right the first time? Arby's is the place. Hi, this is Randy from Arby's Computer Service. Why is it that your cell phone is replaced every two to three years with no thought about cost, but when it comes to your computer in your office, you try and hold up five to six years or longer to do the same? Arby's Computer Service. What is that loss in productivity doing to your bottom line? Do you know that we can sell you a brand new commercial computer that is super fast for less than the cost of your new iPhone or Android phone? Why are you waiting? Call us today. We can be reached at 763-441-3884. That's 763-441-3884. Or on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boots. Arby's Computer Service. Hi, Minnesota. Governor Tim Walz here. We're in an unprecedented situation in our fight against COVID-19. Please note that the state of Minnesota and our private sector partners are doing everything we can to keep you safe, but we need your help. Minnesotans, stay home. Let's flatten the curve on COVID. Let's make sure that we keep our family, our friends, and our neighbors safe. And if you need more information, please go to the Minnesota Department of Health website. Together, Minnesotans, we'll defeat this and come out better on the other side. Thank you.